wonderful to worship our God together. Uh, Peter is going to come and speak in a moment. Let's hold on to that sense of God's presence with us here. Peter, may I pray for you as you start? Father, we want to thank you for Peter and for Jeanette. We want to thank you so much that you have sent them to us here this weekend. We want to thank you for a heart surrendered to you and open to you and what you will do. We pray that as as Peter speaks and as he prays, uh, that you would fill him again with your Holy Spirit. And we pray for each one of us that our hearts and our minds and our spirits would be open to you, to your word, to your love, to your healing, to your transformation today. In Jesus' name, amen. like to um, give you a short summary, summarize of what, what the word was yesterday, for those that were not here. And second, I want to share something about today, because I, I think what we see happening is the laying of a foundation in the heart yesterday, today, this morning. Not only to come to a point that we know we are in Christ, that we are saved, we are blessed, but also that we know that we have grown to a mature spirituality that makes us uh, obedient servants of God in the world. And Yesterday, I spoke about the foundation of our spiritual life in Christ. It is a fact that Jesus died on the cross. And the proof of that is his blood. As a doctor, I know if one of my patients dies and I see the person, I check his pulse, I check the heart, and if, when I, if I'm a hospital doctor, I may be making an EEG or anything what science brings us to state definitely this person died. In history, all those techniques were not there. I do not know if they had stethoscopes, but definitely not on Golgotha because there were only Roman soldiers and that they needed proof that he died. And they put a spear in his side. So the shedding of water and blood was the proof that Jesus really had died. The death of the Son of God was necessary to redeem us from the power and the, and the, the, the essence of sin. Sin came in the world when people in Eden 
walked away from God and followed the devil. And that sin was supposed to bring death. That's what God says, sin will bring death. So how can a loving God free humanity from sin? Unless he lets death have his course, reap his fruit, so that finally death is dead and sin has lost everything it had done and it happened on the cross. That's why God's word says that when Jesus was on the cross, he pulled all humans to him. He said, I will, when I'm lifted up, I will pull all humans to me. Now, what does that mean if he says, I will pull all humans to me? Can you separate our soul when we live without God from the sins that we do? That's a good question. I remember one of my patients, she was a prostitute, and I shared the love of Christ with her. And she said to me, Dr. Peter Rice, I stand in front of my mirror at home, and I see how old I am, I see the wrinkles in my face, I see the the life that I have been leading all so far. I do not think there can be a God that can forgive me when I look at myself. So I was happy to tell her that, oh, you think you have sinned a lot? I have sinned more than you. It shook her and brought her to Jesus. So when Jesus pulled all humanity onto him on the cross, it's because he pulls all our faults, all our sins, all the roots of our sins in, in the generations before us, Unto him at the cross. Like the Apostle Peter says, in, in his body all sins, all wrong things were, were bound, were brought to death. So the cross is the, is the final eternal heart surgery of humanity. And all our wickedness, our enmity against a holy God was justice there. And, and then we got to the point that he died. And because of his death, we have a certificate of righteousness before our God. That's our certificate. It's a declaration. It's the covenant. It's set. It is written. It is done. It's the foundation of our love, of everything we have with God. Everyone, every soul needs that foundation. You cannot do with less. You cannot do well, maybe I think a bit about Christianity. I do a little bit of that. I try to be a good man and have a good life. Because we are talking serious here. We are laying a foundation. If you want to buy a house... You go to the lawyer, you write your, 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 your subscribe, so to speak. And then it's set, and also he does that, and it's archived in the, in the, in the, in the books somewhere here. Probably digital now in these days. 
But a fact is a fact. And even if after 500 years they look back and they say, hey, this house was bought by my grandfather, it's his, bought. It's his land, it's his, it's the foundation. And so we have a, a foundation of being justified in Jesus because he died on the cross. And he did that 2,000 years ago. And that's why we are here. God speaks about his perfect love. Because I want to say something about the heart of the father. And the, where was the father when his son died? I have something with fatherhood, well, maybe not motherhood because I'm a male, but, you know, sometimes I'm tired and I walk around as a doctor, I'm often very tired. And now you see me walking with my back from house to house. And then often, suddenly I hear, and that's really remarkable, I hear the sound of a bird in my, in my right ear. I hear a sound of the bird. And it lifts my spirit up. I can't believe it happens like that. There is always a bird that lifts me up when I'm tired. How could that be? I had my you know, daughter on the phone. We have this um, WhatsApp phone system in our family, you know that. And then you can also look at the people that phone you. So I said, Hey, how are you? I want to talk to my grandson today. Now he is, he is two years old. You know? Oh, I will get him. Opa, opa, opa. You know? That's about all you can say. <laughs> and I see him and I see his face. And I, I know I'm, I'm so, even if I am down, at that moment I'm lifted up and I enjoy just Yesterday evening, I got a, 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 a small email. No, it wasn't an email. Also a WhatsApp message from my other granddaughter. Hey, Opa! So we got in conversation. She's nine years old. I had the idea there was something behind that question. And I found out it was because she wanted to have the television that was put in her way, sleeping room that wasn't her. So now she has a gift. And I enjoy to be a father and a grandfather. I, it's, it makes my heart spring up. When Jesus was walking on the earth, on the earth, for three years he tried to tell people about his father, his love. He said, "Well, even if if a birth dies." and falls from the roof, my father is there, he says. You know, preach the gospel to the whole creation. The whole creation, everything, should know about the, the just, that there is justification by faith. And that it was a new beginning when Jesus rose from the dead. The new creation New humanity started the moment that Jesus stood up from the dead after three days. What we miss 
what I missed at least the first years of my Christian life was how much God loved me. How much he was a father. I missed it. I knew about the cross because I had a vision of the cross when my life with God started. I knew about the Holy Spirit because I felt his anointing and I saw when I prayed things happened. But deep inside there was this uncertainty. Do I do enough? Should I do more? There was this searching for a deep deep and deeper relationship with God, which I still not have. Which cost me it cost me a lot of stress. Have you ever had the idea that as a Christian you do too much for God? That's me. Have you ever had the idea that you you, you run too hard and that you uh, uh, only do it because of the idea that you have to do, do, do things instead of just being with him as a child? I wasn't there. One of my biggest troubles was when I was in, in, still in medical school after three years of Christian life. I had a complete burnout. And this burnout ended one day when I was laying on my, my bed without any energy, no strength to pray anymore or to read my word, the Bible. And suddenly this supernatural thing happened because he came into my room, my father, God the Father came in my room. And he walked to my bed and he picked me up. And in that moment, I became like a little baby again of human soul. How can that happen? You know, when I, people ask me, and I've been talking to my patient for 40 years almost, the same things I talk to you now. It's not from today. This is natural, normal life for me, what I talk. But I believe that God can heal through his father love the most deepest things and issues inside of your heart. Because I have experienced it myself. I know it. It's not an idea or a concept or a theology. It is an essential experience. When God gave his son, it was an amazing, we cannot even amaze how big his love was to give his son. To see Jesus on the cross must, must have crucified and broken the heart of God. Absolutely. We only see Jesus, but we see not also, we don't see the Father's hurt and, and pain and, 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 and whatever he went through. You know, in heaven where the Father is, there was a time of mourning and dark. The light of God had dimmed at that moment. The power of God that kept up the whole universe had dimmed in that moment when Jesus died on the cross. That's why Jesus can say in John 16, and he speaks to that to his disciples before he goes to the cross. He says, the Father himself loves you. 
Because they were thinking Jesus loves us, right? Because we, they saw him, they saw his smile, they felt his, his heart, his touch. Like John says, we saw the glory of him. And Jesus had to convince them again and again, it is the Father that loves you. The Father loves you to life because he gave his son on the cross. The perfect love of God is the cross, his dying son, but also the fact that he picked Jesus up from the grave, brought him back at his breast, put him on the right side in heaven. So whenever we know Jesus, we are as close to the Father as Jesus is. The Bible says that our spirit life is hidden in Christ. That means your roots in Jesus are close to the Father's heart, as close as Jesus can be. There is no wall between them. If you know Jesus, you cannot Jesus, separate Jesus from the Father. You cannot say, oh, today I speak to the Father and tomorrow I'll speak to the Son. Today I receive the grace of the Lord Father and then that's not possible because God is one. That's absolutely impossible. We have five children and three of them work in our practice. So we actually our practice is a family practice. Double, huh? We are family physicians and we have family, the family does the practice. Now people call our practice and then they, my, my son picks up. And then they say, hello, Dr. Rice. Why is that? Can't they hear the difference? No, because his intonation of speaking is like mine. We have the same voice. Many times people come into my, walk in my room as a doctor. Oh, I think the guy on the front desk was your son. Is that so? Because he looks like you. Sometimes people make mistakes. Yesterday I was with Roland playing uh, table tennis. And, the, and somebody said, well, how do you know him? I said, oh, he is my brother. And then he said, yeah, you, you are lookalikes. <laughs> so now I am a lookalike of, of Rolandov. But the fact is that you cannot separate the image of God that was planted in us and the image of Christ. That's impossible. You cannot separate. That's why the Bible says that when we open our hearts, it is the Father and the Son that come into our heart to have dinner with us. What does that mean that the Father comes into your life? Lord, I'm crying. 
Yes, I know, my child, I cry with you. Lord, I am desperate. Yes, my child, I know you because I also have sleepless nights about you. Lord, I am full of fear. Yes, my child, I know because your fear also reached my heart. I know. I know about your fear. I know about your uncertainty. I know how difficult it is to strive to do your best. I know how difficult it is to be... Is that a message from the heaven or what? This is God. God's, you know, I was once driving around in my, in my car from the one patient to the other patient. And I felt awful. Well, maybe not here in England they do that, but I felt absolutely awful. Now, I'm a full spirit-filled Christian, and I felt awful. Man, do you, do you ever do that? I do that very often. I sometimes, even my parent knows that I do that, because sometimes I hear him doing me the same, and I think, am I doing that so often? You know, so I know how it is to be feeling awful. I thought I was there with my car feeling awful, awful. So deep, I think, how deep can a man be in his heart? How mean? And then, you know, the Lord spoke to me. He has the, the speciality to speak in my deepest points. That's also something I love from, for God. Yeah, he said, I know where you are, Peter. But I was here before you. And I found that Christ, and the Bible also says that Christ knew all the things that we went through and we go through. He tasted it all. And who, however deep you are in your heart, and that can be tough. I think one of the most difficult things that people in their spirits experience is dryness. Not being able to feel anything anymore. Feeling like I've sent in my heart, you know. I feel in the desert. Many people will pray, come to prayer, and then there are issues they cannot receive. I once was counseling a man who, had, um, who was a victim of sexual abuse. And I spoke to him many times, and when I listened to him, he, his main problem was that he loved God, but he couldn't feel. He didn't know how to feel. Somewhere on the road in his life, he had blocked his heart from feeling because of the pain. I was praying, God, God, I know that you knew him before even he was born. Please give me wisdom how I can unlock this heart to receive you. And his, the violence that came in his life was when he was 11 and somewhat years old. So I talked to him, I said, tell me about when you were younger, seven, eight years, 
What did you like? I found that he was, he liked rhythm. As a young boy, he had a, a little drum and he played the drum and that was his fun, you know? I said, well, maybe you have a music gift. Do you realize you have a music? No idea, he said. Never done anything with it. Okay, so now, so I think, I prayed on that. I said, God, you always come there where people like to be, right? Please, can you come into this young man where he was nine years old? But then I was figuring out how does that work? So now this is what I said. When you go home, you find a place in your house and you appoint this place to be a meeting place with, with your father, with God. Even if you don't feel anything. Find a corner in your house, do anything, but that's the place where we will meet God. That's step one. Second, you buy a drum. Never mind the neighbors. And every day, then you go to that place where this is your place of communion with the Lord. You play the drum like you did when you were nine years old. So he did. And you know what happened? He was having dreams from God. God used this moment in time in his personal history to come back to his spirit and, and redeem him, you know, and rebuild the trust in, in God. So from then on, we could process his pain and traumas, but we have a foundation of love from God in his heart. So this is what God can do. God is like I would say, above time, because he is the creator of anything. Your history, even if it is from your younger years, is as plain in the now for him as the now in 2020 or we're in. Because God is above, he is from eternity. It doesn't mind God to heal your past now or after 20 years, but I would say it's better for you to heal it now, right? Yeah, that's, that's obvious. Why wait until your dying breath? Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. You know, God has sufficient, sufficient, capable of not only saving you, but also healing your heart. He can do that. There is a psalm, uh, this is our marriage psalm actually, Psalm 84. And there are some, some, uh, some beatitudes in that psalm. That's amazing because I always thought that the beatitudes were in Matthew 5 
but there are also Beatitudes in the Old Testament. I will read it to you, because it's for me the foundation of the next thing I want to tell you. It says something beautiful about you, about the place in the house of God, the church. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. You know, yesterday we had this ministry time. Some people were fainting, almost, you know, out of out of love for God. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home. That's why I like his sound. And the swallow a nest for herself. Where she may have her young. A place near your altar. This year I planted in my garden an almond tree. And I was thinking, well, the almond tree has a biblical significance as a wake-up call because it's the first tree in the, in the, in the season that sprouts out with new branches. And I put it right in front of my window where I would sit when I have my breakfast to remind me to be waked up. But last summer I was sitting there and watching my almond tree, being happy that I did it, and then I saw this little, yeah, the word is colmace. I don't know the English word for that bird. And they, they were flying up and down to a little box on the wall where a few young birds were. And they were using my newly planted almond tree as a hub to go on and search for food and material for the nest. So I was double blessed. And I saw young birds sit, uh, flying around all the They were very busy the whole day, you know. Good parents. Yeah, I like that. A place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those, there we come, the Beatitudes in the Old Testament. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Talking about seven churches, huh? Hey, amen. Huh? They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. Now, this is interesting, because in the Dutch translation, it doesn't say, blessed are those that have set their hearts on pilgrimage. It says, blessed are those hearts in whom roads have been uh, created. Roads, open doors, roads. When we think about God. I thank you so much that I live, but there is a why, do I, why am I living on this world? There is a reason. Please let me know what I can do to, to love you, to make you happy, Lord. What, 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 is my, what are my talents? What can I do? We're talking about the gifts this afternoon. So 
the question of healing of the heart, the cleansing of our inner being, is a necessity to be fruitful and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I want to I give you some, I think, three points of things that we should be healed in our minds before we can be a, a pathway, an open road for the Holy Ghost to other people. One of the things is faith. You know, when you become a Christian, you have maybe, you, you base your faith on a few words of the Lord that you promises. Or maybe you are, you have been growing up in Oxford University and you need C.S. Lewis to talk to you. And, well, anyway, there is a reason why you came to faith, right? But many people, having faith, they are very intelligent and their mind is like a computer that keeps running around and asking a lot of your energy, not being able to walk in simple faith. That's a point, that's a real point. So how do you have simple faith? Simple faith means that what is done is done. What God says is, 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 is that what God says. When I did have this encounter with the father in my 20s, the first thing I remember that changed in my spiritual life was my faith. The first fruit of that encounter was my faith. Before that, if I wanted to, uh, to work something out, a theme in God's word, I was reading a whole chapter before I was satisfied. And if I didn't finish the chapter, maybe I felt guilty, you know. And I think that was very exhausting life. I'm not sure that I was real on the, on the ground in that attitude. I was like a, a, a study, student of the law in my, my spiritual being. But after the encounter with the Father's love, I could not do that anymore. You know, when I started reading, of the two words, I got stuck. Because I was so overwhelmed with the presence of the Lord in these two words, that I needed a day, one day to recover from that experience. So I changed my habit of Bible reading just by taking a, a, a week to, to, for a few lines. Because that was enough. So my simplicity of faith, like a childhood have faith, was restored after the encounter with the love of the Father. That makes life easy, isn't it? <clears throat> I could just walk around and talk to Daddy and say, hey, can you do something about that, Papa? I move on. And then after, yeah, he did it, you know. So faith was simple. Talking all the day with him, hearing him, not only hearing him, but more than that, feeling him. I remember one day I was in Bangladesh for mission. Now, if you are in Bangladesh, and if you're on the street, 
you better put plugs in your ear because it's a terrible noise. They're poo, poo, poo all the time and it's, it's complete chaos. All these baby taxis drive there, the rickshaws. So I was sitting, I remember in that mission time, I was sitting in the rickshaw and I was thinking, how can I hear God in this overwhelming noise? I was uh, being uh, driven around by a, a young man who pulled the rickshaw through this messy chaos. And God was using that moment to teach me something about communication with him as a child. Because suddenly I realized I could sense what he wanted to say, not only hear what he wanted to say. So my level of understanding of God grew through that. If you want to hear the voice of God, any spiritual gift, we talk about that this afternoon, you need to have a foundation of listening to God's inner with your heart. You know, I had a, I had a way of, of counseling my patients in the first 10 years of my practice. And I was having, so I said to some of my patients, okay, let's meet at the end of the day. I took half an hour or more. Because I realized that I can talk to patients, but God may talk better than me. So I said, okay, let's sit together and just be silent and wait for God speaking to you and me. What is he saying? Now, this is crazy, right? I'm a GP or ordained officially. Uh, everything is, is all all right. I'm even training others. So that's, I'm just a professional, right? But I was sitting with my patients. At the end, well, some of them, eh? not everybody, but some. Just waiting. What will God say to you? One of my patients was a lady, she had an anxiety disorder. She had trouble when she was on the street, she started having panic attacks. So she was really not in an easy situation. I, she had a long history and I had been treating her with different medications for that disease. I didn't know exactly what was the reason of that, but she had it. So she agreed with me to be silent before God. And we were sitting, here is my big desk, she's sitting there, I'm sitting there, very professional. You know. But there was a right attitude, I'm, now I'm a professional, I look, I look serious. You know. and, uh, I am silent before the Lord because I cannot talk to she, the God should talk to her. Nothing happened. Okay. Yeah, this is one of the the, cha the challenges of ministry. Eh? Nothing happens. You think. Yeah, what's, uh, the, she started talking about the anxiety disorder and the, the reason was the violence of her papa towards her in her younger years. So he, he burned in uh, fear in her little child soul. 
She went home, and I saw her, okay, I'll see you next two weeks, after two weeks, I'll see her again. So she came back after two weeks. No, no, I said, did you ever forgive your father? That was my question, just in the talk, in the first session. I can never forgive my father. What he did to me was so terrible, it's impossible. Okay. We cannot argue with people. She went home, and then the next time she came, I said, oh, how are you now? In this next session. Yes, he said, I had a dream. Share your dream. Yes, I'm in this dream. I met my father. You know, my father isn't on the earth anymore. He already died. But I met my father in my dream. So I said, so what happened? Oh, he was so angry on me, and uh, I ran away in my dream. It was, a, it was a nightmare. So I woke up with fear. Oh boy, what now? So we were silent before God the next time. And I realized that God was speaking about forgiveness. So I said, listen, the next time you meet your father in your dream, say, I forgive you. Even if you don't feel it, just say it. She went home. After two weeks, she came back. It happened again, she said. I had the exact dream. The exact same dream. So what happened between you and your father? Well, we were in a fight. Did you forgive him? No. I, it was a nightmare again. Oh, I never want to have that dream again. Let's be silent before the, for the Lord. Wait on the Lord, what he says to you. Nothing happened again. That's really challenging, yeah? And then after two weeks, she came. And she had a smile on her face. So tell me what happened. Yes, I had the same dream again. But this time, I didn't know how. I, remi I, I remembered your words while I was in the dream. And I said, I forgive you. You know, I woke up without this fear and terrible feeling. And I observed her behavior after that. And I, you know, there, if there, if there, if there, we always say in, in, um, in counseling, if there is a fruit, there must be a root, right? So when the root was dealt with, I observed in her that after a while, also the fruit of that root, the anxiety disorder dissolved. To be silent before God. That's a good thing, right? To hear the voice of the Lord is so important if you want to serve Him. How's my timing? Ten minutes. I need that sign was ten. Ten minutes, okay. I want to say something about, um, yes, this is, this is the example I want to say. I had a few things in my heart. The Bible says in Romans that we are changed because our thinking is changed. I just was talking about the foundation, the, the justification by faith. 
the blood of Christ. I was speaking about the love of the Father, the meeting of Him, the, the understanding how He loves us. And I was talking about uh, forgiveness as a fruit of that. About listening to Him. But to be true and honest, our mind is completely busy with all the sorrows and the, and the trouble we have. Right? I never meet any person that says, well, I am completely happy and uh, uh, my life is one, one uh, uh, example of glory and I have, no, uh, I have a smooth road down up to heaven. Hallelujah. I'll never meet that people. I've never met them either. And I will never meet them again. The only people I meet are people with in the history of issues and troubles and concerns and sickness or sick children or things that happen to them or poverty or fight for life in any way or circumstances. That's the people that are the real people. We're talking to you, right? So, I'm not different, I'm the same. <clears throat> but for many, many, many times, years, I already tell this testimony to my patients to help them to, to change their thinking and their minds. Because I believe that the thinking that is containing the Word of God is a presumption to hear his voice. You must be online with God's word and promises to be able also to experience the rhema word in your heart. So, I don't know if there's anybody here doing exams or studying, but I was a young man, I was doing my exams and I failed my exams. I was probably the worst student of the year because of the spiritual battle. It was real. I could not help it. It was real. I could not study. So I was, of course, I was looking for an answer with, with God. And it took, I think, half a year before I found a promise in the Bible that helped me. Because I was reading one of the letters of the Apostle Paul to, uh, to the Philippians, one of his uh, prison letters. And it says, in any circumstance, plead to God what your need is and give thanks. Because your mind, your thoughts, and your senses, what you hear or pick up, will be in Christ. Well, to do my exams, at least my thoughts and my, my whole heart must be in Christ and not outside of Christ, right? That's what I thought. So I said, Father, I want to make this agreement with you. That's the way I talk to God. Can you imagine that I talk like that to God? I want to make this agreement to you. I will 
do my utmost best to give thanks the coming. I will do it every day. And you must help me because I know that in my own strength, I will probably fail after one day. But I will give you thanks if you keep my thoughts in Jesus. And I did that. So this was the picture for, three, for at least six, six weeks. I was doing my, uh, these were my study books. I was reading them. <coughs> After 10 minutes, I realized I saw only the pages and not the words. Impossible. So I closed my book and I started making circles in my room praising God and thanking Him. After doing that for a week, because most people thank Him uh, uh, in bad conditions, uh, let's thank Him anyway, you know, for what He did for me, uh, like that. But after a week, I hear myself thanking Him for my failure and not being able to concentrate and that my vision was blurred when I looked in the book. Every day, every moment became a, a sort of theme of praise for God. Now, if there's anything stupid, that's stupid. I don't know what kind of disorder that is. But I did it. And after uh, at least weeks, the Holy God, God, Jesus himself came in my room. I fell on the floor and his, his light overwhelmed me. He was there, his presence was there. Unbelievable. This is really what happened. Somebody in the house got a prophetic word at that moment. He said, what happened upstairs? Because this word came in my, my spirit. What in the Bible it says, when Jesus comes in the house of Zacchaeus, now salvation has come to the house. We read it in the scripture. And this is what happened. Salvation, healing of my mind, came in the house in that precious moment. And from that moment on, you know what happened with my exams? Five minutes. Good. I had all good figures. So Jesus did my exams. Well, I was in him doing my exams. His peace was in me and I could concentrate. I could read my books. I see many of your faces, you don't believe me. Well, I agree, it's quite an unusual story. But the promise is that our thoughts, our minds must change to be able for God to work through us, right? If we are concerned with the past or all the things that, that happen in our lives, how can we ever serve other being or minister through the Holy Spirit to him? We need an open road in our heart, Psalm 84. So we need to have a childly faith in our heart as a foundation. We need to have dealt with our sorrows and mourning by the grace of God, the Father love. And we need to have our minds online with the word of God and thank him in every situation. So I tell my patients already for 34, for 40 years. Even people that do not know God and they come to me with troubles. Did you ever try this? I write it down. They just do this. And they start thanking God. They don't know God at all. 
And then God does miracles and people get saved. Can you believe that? That I sit with unbelieving people in front of me and they become silent before the Lord. Maybe they are even angry on God. I said, it doesn't matter if you're angry with God. Come anyway. That's okay with God that you can angry. His father heart is big enough to catch up. You can be angry or fight with him, doesn't matter. So they come. Drunkards, violent, aggressive people. I said, Well, let's just sit and can I pray for you, please? Can I bless you? I can tell you stories about aggressive people being calmed by the prayer of what God gave me. Just by that. That's why I find it very interesting this afternoon. Because then we, it's always building up, huh? like a, a sermon, seminar like this, it builds up. Because the goal is to become victorious in our spiritual life and help other people, right? We are just dealing with the foundation, eh? so don't give up with me. We are not only for I am healed here. That's also, that's very important. But we want more than that, right? Amen? Thank you. I think I said what I said, but I was thinking maybe I can have a prayer for the people. We have time for that? I will, I will give a soaking prayer over you. If you just close your eyes. Father, you are above time and you know me. You know everybody. You can also fill your own name. You know me. You know where I come from. You know what my longings are. You know my, my confusion, my strife, my, all the issues. You know that, Father. You know things of me that people do not know. And Father, I just, what I can do in, in, is open my heart. open my heart. I open my heart in the name of the Lord Jesus, Father. And I ask you to intervene in my heart. To search my unconscious being. and To go into every place where healing is needed. To close the back doors in my heart where things that are wicked are killing me and trying to destroy me. I pray, Father, that you come and that you send the Holy Spirit with the perfect love of you, Father, in the blood of Jesus inside. I pray for some of you that have sleepless nights that God will comfort you the blessed are you, says, says Jesus, when you are mourning. And there is mourning inside many of you. Mourning in your heart, mourning in your history. 
boiling that have never been solved, but is still locked up somewhere. Boiling of losing, losing your family, losing your spouse, maybe losing a child. Boiling of losing your job, losing your, your identity, your self-respect. Father, we just open our hearts right now that you comfort us. As you say in your word, you will comfort us. Comfort us, Holy Ghost. Comfort, comfort, bring the love of the Father to those areas in our heart that we are, where we are still childish, where we are stuck in our child development. I pray, Father, that you minister to the children inside of us that are growing out of the traumas. I pray. I pray that you teach us, Papa God, to love you, Father. To love you back. That you teach us not only to receive also, but to give. Father, we want to hug you, not only be hugged by you. We want to be your friends, your first friends, your, your best. We want to be your son and daughter, Father. We want to walk with you and make you happy like you make us happy. Please, Father, give us this encountering love moment with you this morning. Give you this, this new precious moment, Father, that you right now, when I speak and pray this soaking prayer over everybody, that you just come in, come in with your glory and your love and your fine touch, touch of the Father's heart. Let it come, Father. <coughs> Let it come in everybody. Let it come in the children, in the, in the papas, the mamas. Father, I speak forgiveness to all those that didn't love you and didn't know you. We also speak forgiveness, Father, to those fathers in our lives that gave us a, a wrong impression about you. Like in the story of my patient, we forgive our father, our natural father. We forgive our leader. We forgive our principal at school. We forgive the people that hurt us, the brothers, the sisters that did things that were terrible to us. We forgive. We really forgive, Father. We really, from the bottom of our heart, forgive those that have hurt us. We do that. Teach us, Father, how to love you again. Teach us how to receive your love. Amen. Amen. And maybe in your own moments when we are silent before the Lord, like I did with my patients, let me silent for a while. And listen to the voice of the Father in your heart. Listen to God.
todos ustedes. You know why I hear always the birth singing? Because my father is a musical father. He likes, he likes singing. I was, before we had this meeting, I was sitting there and I was hearing all the sounds of you worshiping and I heard all the different voices and I saw how beautiful that is. You know. So I said, okay. Now I have two. I have the birds, hallelujah. And now I also have the singing, hallelujah, hallelujah. So there is nothing better if you want to, to love your papa and, and make him happy that you sing, okay? To sing actually is it's impossible to be far from God if you sing. That's the truth. Joyful children also always sing. They run with their barks, singing, la, 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 la. Singing is part of, of the joy of life, right? So if you would lead us in singing, maybe we can stand up for a moment and sing together. I give thanks to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs>